Welcome to Well Good Movies, the podcast which asks which movies are well worth watching and remembering for all time. Every episode, we discuss a different piece of film history to decide if it should make its way into our movie vault. Filled with questions, trivia, and crazy challenges, it's the perfect way to deep dive into a myriad of movies. But don't just take my word for it. Here's a glimpse of what to expect in today's episode. We've been nice to this film pretty much the entire thing, and then all of a sudden, this just outburst has come from Luke in terms of just like, why the... list comparisons. (laughs) It's like, why do we watch shit things? It's like... (laughs) I'm quite amazed that we've had the mention of Passion of the Christ and Schindler's List in the same episode talking about (laughs) A Night Before Christmas. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Are you not entertained? I am the father. I'll be back. Hello and welcome to Well Good Movies, the podcast that asks which movies are well worth watching and deserve to be remembered for all time. This week we're coming to you straight from Whoville, because who the hell talks about a Christmas film in the middle of spring? I'm your host, David Osger, and I am joined by my co-host, our holiday cheermeister, Craig MacDonald. Hello, Craig. This is an actual travesty (laughs) and genuinely one of the most offensive things I think we've ever done. Every moment of this show feels like absolute agony, and I'm genuinely genuinely furious that we're in this position and this how this is why i think that the grinch comparison is so accurate you were just like if you think of that jim carrey film and when he's being thrown around and being fed pudding etc that is essentially you in this episode it's just you watching the film possibly look i've made it very clear what my stance is of christmas outside of christmas and honestly you know like in in any film that has like demons and you, or vampires you have to see them like putting their hand out into the light and you just see them melting and screaming in agony that's just what i feel like whenever i watch something and i can just see glistening snow mm-hmm. i do want to take that like scene of like when they're feeding him all the different christmas puddings etc and then it's this like different like christmas film posters like on the spoons as you're being like fed these films and then especially because there's like one guy who's like a scientist and he's like this is not pudding and it's just like we'll have to think of what what that is whether it's like some halloween film or something like that but yeah it's uh it's quite fun to think of in that t- that terms but yeah i i'm with you in the terms of like this is a struggle it's strange probably wasn't as as odd watching it uh, as i maybe thought but i guess it could be weirder if it was a very well-known one but we'll get on to that uh later on but one of the few times i also feel i have to put out a, a disclaimer in the sense of like this is not a usual choice and also it continues the theme of like christmas bringing up rules that we didn't think of and which we now need to be like this will never happen again so yeah so like unfortunately the the more i come to deal with humanity the more that i realize that none of you can be trusted like the amount of times that we that we now have to basically rectify our rules for film selection to be don't suggest christmas films outside of christmas <laughs> exactly so yeah for everyone listening out there 
we can tell you all about this film. We can suffer Christmas uh, in the middle of spring. But uh, yeah, I hope you are along with the sleigh ride for with us. But yeah, from now on, we are making it so no film suggestions uh, can be you know, seasonal films when it is not that season. So that applies to, you know, the likes of Halloween, Christmas, you know, if it was something like Valentine's Day appears in the middle of a film, we're not going to have an issue with that. But again, if it was the film Valentine's Day, then I would hope somebody would recommend that uh, around February time. So yeah, try and keep it seasonal in the future, people. But it's just funny to me that, you know, Olive the other reindeer also triggered the whole length of the film and now the, the, today's film has like triggered this conversation. Don't worry fans, we're going to get our revenge and we're going to talk about Passion of the Christ during Christmas. <laughs> Disclaimer, we are not talking about Passion of the Christ ever on this show. So in last episode, we had a beautiful fun end game about puppets where Die and Liv had to guess the puppet character based on five different descriptions. That's because the film that we had last time was the time-appropriate Thunderbirds. You know, because you can watch that whenever the hell you want, and there isn't a damn issue with that. Um, in the end, Die was victorious after a nail-biting tie-break, and he made the foolish decision to let Liv have her film choice, and Liv wanted to take us down the route of the Vanessa Hudgens universe, or multiverse, as you might say, as a form of, and I quote, revenge. And specifically, the film that she chose for this revenge was 2019's The Night Before Christmas. We all grow up fantasizing about finding true love with a knight in shining armor and living happily ever after. But that's all it is. Fantasy. Are you okay? Fear not. I've been thrown much further by much faster horses than your steel steed. Not a scratch on him, but apparently he believes that he's a 14th century knight. So called Christopher Frederick Lyons of Norwich at your service. Oh boy. This is all my fault. Where are they playing that lyrical medley? On the radio. Huh. I'm going to help him until his memory comes back. What if he's dangerous? Oh. Trust me, he's harmless. First thing I think we should do is update her wardrobe by at least a few centuries. Greetings. Greetings. I'll let you get dressed. No time travel isn't a real thing, right? I have traveled here, and it matters not if I understand how. And I just sworn to valor and virtue. We'll give aid to those who seek it. Claire! Claire! Stay where you are! But I fear I must return home. Do you really think going along with this little delusion is helping the situation? Who are we to tell him he's not who he says he is? Are you sure you're not a witch? Yep. So today we are talking all about The Night Before Christmas from 2019. It's a Netflix original considered to be a part of the Netflix Christmas universe. Uh, also the Vanessa Hudgens cinematic universe, which is another reason that was chosen. Another reason Di that was on board with the choice because of her appearing in Thunderbirds. So we'll be asking the question of whether it deserves the honour of a place in our movie vault, our vault that encapsulates memorable movies for all time. Uh, but for those who don't know about this film, uh, here is a brief synopsis. 
after a sorceress transports medieval knight Sir Cole to present-day Ohio during the holiday season, he befriends Brooke, who is played by Vanessa Hudgens, a clever and kind science teacher who's been disillusioned by love. Brooke helps Sir Cole navigate the modern world and tries to help him discover how to fulfill his mysterious one true quest, the only act that will return him home. But as he and Brooke grow closer, Sir Cole begins to wonder just how much he wants to return to his old life. Uh, this film is directed by Monica Mitchell, which is also known for several other of these types of Christmas projects. Uh, it's written by Cara J. Russell. Uh, the music is by Roger Bellon. Cinematography by Greg Gardner. Edited by Laura Mazur, as well as having uh, many other actors alongside Hudgens and uh, White House. Uh, we have uh, Emmanuel Shriki, Ella Kenyon, Arnold Pinnock, and Harry Jarvis. So we'll now get on to who has been mad enough to join us for today's discussion. They still stayed on board. They haven't uh, vacated the building uh, after here and we're talking about Christmas. You say that, David, they're not physically here. <laughs> <laughs> they might have. It might have happened. <laughs> well, we thought we'd best scout out for any previous guests who are quite angry and quite mad at the moment. And uh, we find somebody who is uh, just, yeah, quite, quite in the sort of angry mode already. So they're literally dropping in. They've uh, come from location. Uh, they've just come out of the car straight onto the scene from the red carpet. Please welcome presenter Luke Davis. Hello, Luke. What's going on? Hello. Yeah, I came from the Welsh Hello. Folk Awards, uh, which, yeah, it's as uh, rock and roll and showbiz and crazy as you could imagine it is. Um, yeah, no, I'm not that angry. I'm actually okay. I just thought I was going to finish a bit earlier than what I did. Um, I know what that's always like in this in this industry, but I'm here and I'm ready to go. Can't wait to talk about this wonderful Oscar-winning film. <laughs> it does sound a bit like you were going to be like, oh, I've just come from the Welsh Folk Awards. Um, like the winners are, and you're going to like give us the full like you know recap <laughs> and a detail of the show. But no, not not for this episode. <laughs> not for this episode. David Wan was there though. Do you know David Wan, Amarheed, and all that? Uh, I know the name. Roughly. Yeah, yeah, sounds familiar. He did the Welsh football song recently. Ah, uh, yeah. okay. Good guy. Well, yeah, that that kind of ties in with just our catch up before we start talking about the film. So you've had a lot of um, different sort of projects and stuff on Luke with your presenting and some of the stuff you've been doing on like Instagram and stuff in terms of like fact videos and stuff. Please tell us what have you been up to since last time we uh, chatted all that time ago, one year ago. Wow. Was it one year ago? Yeah. I, I've been really lucky. I've been really, really busy, which is, is great. Um, really you know, getting work in this, in this industry is just kind of a blessing in itself. But yeah, I've been, I'm starting a kids TV show next week. So it's it's a lot of fart jokes and stupid gags like sketch shows. So that's going to be good for the older uh, mental health and all that. I just landed as well, hot off the press. Um, I've just been announced as the new voice and face of the, not face, but the new voice and announcer of the, uh, the Scarlet's rugby team. So I'm going to be starting that uh, really soon. So I'm going to be there uh, every home game from now on, which is really, really nice news. Um, stuff with Tenopolis. Um, I went on tour for four months to the BBC, going around schools the length and breadth of Britain. Um, and this is quite a cool thing for people who like the world of Dracula, possibly. I went to Whitby. That was one of the places I went on the tour. I'm not sure if you've read Dracula or seen the films or anything, but at the end of the book, Dracula actually comes to Whitby. Whitby is this small little seaside village in the north. Uh, northeast of England, just above Middlesbrough, and he crashes his ship there, and he comes out in the form of a demonic dog and terrorises the villagers. And every year in Whitby, there's a, a goth festival, 
Um, I think you can use the term goth. That's the term they use anyway. And they gather every year and kind of talk about the, the folklore and the, 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 the fandom that surrounds their kind of subculture. So, yeah, it's been really, really cool. You've met some amazing people. And I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully another good 12 months. But let's see. Yeah, sounds good. And uh, me and Craig have already talked about uh, Craig's disdain for anything Christmas when it is not Christmas, essentially. So even to the point of Craig will watch television series. And if it's a Christmas special in the middle of the season, he will skip that episode and like return to it later in the year. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's worse than that. I will stop watching that season and that series until Christmas oh, has hit wow, so I can wow. carry on. Oh my god. Yeah, so like I was watching Man Down and I had to stop after season one because there was a Christmas special. I was like, well I'm not gonna get anything that happens in season two onwards now without this episode. There's no point carrying on. That, that's crazy. So yeah, Craig is very anti Christmas when it's not Christmas, which I think again most people are as well. Um and you do have those people, I suppose, who love it so much that they start all the way back in July. Um but yeah this was suggested as a film in a way to sort of like punish Craig, but also connected to the Vanessa Hudgens universe, which is apparently a thing. We were talking last time, uh, I suppose we mentioned it there about like crazy films from ch- uh, childhood, etc. What we discussed last time was Thunderbirds, the remake which happened like a few years ago. What was it, Craig? Like 2004, was it? 2004. That's not a few years ago. No, David. exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, the nearest Thunderbirds film that's, you know, like been, been made anyway. Um, yeah, 2004, Vanessa Hudgens is in that as Tintin. So um, our guest Liv was saying that uh, her connection then was the Vanessa Hudgens universe. I agreed that Vanessa was a, a standout star in Thunderbirds, which he was kind of saying ironically. And uh, yeah, they decided the night before Christmas. So Luke, what is your feelings on Christmas at other times of the year? Can you can you get on board with it? Are you are you against it? I guess as a TV guy, sometimes you might be making Christmas stuff in August or uh, filming those kind of things when it's not the time of year for it. I I don't think I've been in a position where I've made things that are Christmas. I think the the early the earliest I've, I've had to do that sort of thing is probably November. So that's not kind of too bad in terms of when I was working at like Cardiff TV, for example, we had to do some pieces but it was relatively quite close to the christmas because it was local tv so we were always rushing so there was no kind of danger of that but generally speaking uh i think i'm quite a traditional man in the sense that i don't like anything christmas until i reckon from december the first onwards i think is fine anything before that it starts to annoy me because you, you get to see the same things you hear the same songs you you see the same types of decorations every single year nothing changes and if you say, don't like uh, Mariah Carey Christmas song, All I Want For Christmas Is You, yeah? Think of any other song. Imagine if it was like, even if it was a good song, Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, imagine that being played every single day for a month and everyone being fine with it happening every single year. I think it's just, I just think it's bonkers. But in terms of Christmas movies, watching this during a period which isn't Christmas, um, I would normally hate it. I would normally despise it. I wouldn't watch it. I think, what is the point? But I was actually quite ill when I watched it a few a few days ago. I'm, I'm getting over um, food poisoning. I went to Marrakesh, and I that day uh, had really bland food. So the food I watched, uh, sorry, the food I ate, kind of also almost matched the type of film that I was experiencing. There was no spice involved. There was no excitement. There was nothing that was too challenging. It was very, very, very easy on the stomach, maybe, um, so I, I don't know if that's anything to, to go by, but the only thing I could stomach, which is some strange, was something that was so inoffensive and didn't evoke any sort of emotion, 
uh, and that film is this film, I think. So, in a strange way, I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> I I think we could just end the podcast there. I think that's, like, the only thing that could be said about this film. Like, that's basically... I mean, I didn't have food poisoning for Marrakesh, so I didn't have the exact same, like, watching experience as you, Luke. But, yeah, this film just felt so inoffensive that any sort of anger and resentment I had sort of bringing it in felt incredibly unwarranted. I would love it if Craig had the opposite. He was like, I didn't have food poisoning going in, but I did come like by the end of this film. <laughs> oh, I came out vomiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> came out vomiting. I think the, the hot chocolate has now turned on me. Like, I don't know if I want to drink it anymore, and I quite like hot chocolate, but it's just... Yeah, I think it would have been different as well if it was like The Grinch or like Home Alone or something, which is very outwardly Christmas. Whereas again, because this is like Hallmark kind of Christmas and again, it's like a rom-com. And like you said, it's just so basic and simple. I didn't feel the effects of like, and because probably it's low budget, they're not there playing like all I want for Christmas is you. They're just playing like the catalog stuff and things like that. So that almost helps it as well. They're just decorating trees. I suppose the fact it's mainly about a knight who's like time traveling, it's not then actually like about Christmas. It just takes place at Christmas. So we're using the Shane Black logic here of like making the story more dramatic through the adding of Christmas. Uh, But yeah, I think the fact that it's such a teasy, uh, teasy, Uh, such a cheesy television <laughs> it's late da, night da, da, da. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's such a cheesy tv movie like hallmark sort of style i think that does sort of like give it some leeway craig we've sort of discussed like hallmark movies to an extent before with like end games and stuff did did you get those sort of vibes or were you scared of what might come up in terms of like having researched them before no like i look i mean the camera work screamed like Hallmark. It's sort of a very clean camera shot, no imagination. It very much felt like anything they were trying to do, you could screenshot it and it would just be a great Christmas card. So yeah, there was nothing there was nothing like that. Even sort of like the character's dialogue I didn't find particularly sort of like cringe worthy. There were definitely stupid things throughout, don't get me wrong. Um, and I think I even live messaged because when I told various friends that this is the film we were discussing today, they all had the exact same reaction, which was, oh, my God, I love that film. And I was like, wait, what? Why? Why do all of you seem to know about the night before Christmas? What the hell is going on? So I basically just live messaged the film to a lot of people and they were just like, I, I don't I I just don't understand I, I I don't understand. Yeah, I it, it's a strange. Like my partner really really likes it, and I think it's because it's almost like it's almost like nothing TV or nothing film. It, it's just you yeah. can watch it and you can relax. It's almost like watching a reality TV show. Like or maybe not that but reality TV has conflict. There's no real <laughs> conflict in this movie. Um, everything that should happen happens. There's a little bit, maybe with like the ex, the ex boyfriend, and um, you know, there's that one scene where the girl almost kind of goes to the lake, and there's a bit of drama there. But apart from that, and also, this is something I I don't really get. <laughs> maybe you can clarify this, okay? Because the concept is you have a knight who goes yep. forward in time because he's from the yep. 1300s. He's in Norfolk. He goes to Ohio at Christmas time in modern day. Meets Vanessa Hudgens. And he has to go there because an old crone or witch basically says, you've got to go and and almost 
become knightworthy by going and finding your purpose in the future or something, yeah? Yeah. And he has to do that, and that thing is falling in love with uh, a science teacher, yeah. a science teacher, um, yeah. and then to in order to come back to be a knight. But he decides to not do that anyway. Yeah. So it, it, regardless, he's still in the future. So there's one guy online who I watched. I watched his review on it. Um, I'm trying to find his name. Uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, Alex Myers. He does reviews online. Alex Myers. Yeah. And he's got a theory that the old crone wants to take over the kingdom in Norfolk by getting rid of all the knights by chucking them in the future and getting them to fall in love with random people. <laughs> so, well, I mean, the the mid credit scene definitely sort of back backs that theory up. I didn't yeah, see the, the mid credit the... scene. The fact oh, there's yeah. a mid-credit scene tells you all you need to know about this film as well Basic- in some ways. Basically, it's back in Norfolk, and you know, obviously, his brother now gets knighted. He comes out in the golden chainmail. Why the hell is go- his chainmail is gold? I don't know. Uh, it seems like an extravagant expense they wouldn't have given for a, for a lowly knight. Um, but basically, she goes up to him and it's like, could you help a beauty such as myself? And because of the message that he was given by his brother, he basically goes to help. He introduces himself and then it sort of cuts out on her just sort of like grinning maniacally like... With one of those tablet things like before and it's like red instead of blue. So it's like the the blue gem thing that like the knight had in this film. She's got another one of those, but it's red. And I was like looking at it being like, is this evil? Is it just another one of them? And it's just another color? I was like, yeah, it's just so confused. And then his face was hilarious because it was like... The actors just being clearly told, you know, this is the end scene. Do a face of like, oh no. And like, he's just like, <laughs> it just looks so awkward in terms of what he's meant to be doing because it just doesn't give away what what is meant to happen. You're like, okay, it happens again. Or is it an evil plan? I, I don't know. So yeah, I can see why why he would come up with that theory based on that mid credit scene. I think it's one of those things. You're like you can either hate it and just have a really rubbish time, or if you take it with a massive pinch of salt. And when I say pinch of salt, I mean a dehydrating amount of salt, and just have a bit of a laugh with it. And like I gotta be honest, there were some moments I enjoyed. Like I didn't mind because it was almost like the whole Thor thing of where he says, um, you know, what is this delicious meat or whatever. Yeah. Like, he calls the, the the car like a steel uh, stallion or whatever, and like some of that stuff I didn't mind. And if you kind of just have a bit of a laugh with it, like, can I, do you see the Santa Claus? I'm just saying that, like, not the movie, this, the Santa Claus in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, probably yeah. the worst Santa Claus I've ever seen. I literally so wrote bad. in my notes, shit Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bad. I definitely, I definitely had fun sort of looking at like the logic of this film. Mainly, I do have to question some of the logic of the people in this universe. So, uh, so I, I did live, uh, live tweet, uh, tweet, uh, live message a, f- a few of my friends. So this is a shout out to uh, Kiara and Freddie. Uh, I do have to question a few things. One, if the police are genuinely suspicious that this guy has lost his memory. Uh, and they think he might be a bit of a, dis- a danger to society. Why would you give him back the sword? Question two. Vanessa Hudgens, your character, Miss Winters. Oh, yeah. Love the fact that her name is Winters and it's a Christmas film. <laughs> Funny. Funny. Why do you just go, okay, you can drive my car without any supervision. Where, where's his? Where's his provisional license? Like, where is the... 
the the responsible three years driver. I know that America has different laws, but surely they're not that stupid. Honestly, I'm surprised that there was even one character in this film that everything she did, apart from the the obvious letting your children play in a blizzard. I thought the sister, I thought the sister was really sensible and like everything she said, I was like, yeah, yeah, I vibe with this. It just made me laugh as well that she was driving in the snow and she's literally like, I can't see a thing. And then like hits somebody in which you're like, oh, wow, she is like liable for this. She's like, like plowed somebody down and then literally like comes out and is like, oh, my God. And you're like, oh, wow, she's just committed a crime. And then the police are just like, oh, my God, this man came out of nowhere. Like, how could he do that? And it's like, no, she like shouldn't have been driving if she couldn't see. And it was like there was very bad conditions. She should have pulled over. So there's many times in this film in which I believe they get the wrong person doing the crime and stuff like that it's just crazy it's just a couple of points where we both looked at each other and i thought i i don't know how this is happening like the concept of time like he gets run over because she runs him over takes him to hospital he's in and out in a no shoe runs in america how does that happen then they're back and they're in a diner and then they're back to like have a chill the concept of time there is just a bit weird and he comes out with the show in a towel why would a knight know to wear a towel he's got a different outfit on every single day where's he getting his money from who's paying for him like i know teachers probably get a slightly better wage in america than they do here but is she funding his stay it makes me also say which i another point i want to make is that it proves that if you're good looking you can get away with anything if this guy was bad looking this this wouldn't have happened he would just be seen as a weirdo oh yeah you you know that you know that meme which is like it's like, you're looking good today. Oh, thanks, hun. You're looking good today. HR. It's basically that. It is. But also, he gets into a hospital and at no point did they go, Jesus, this guy's got like diseases that we got rid of in mm. the 1300s. Yeah, polio and like leprosy. <laughs> so, I was thinking more directly the plague. Also, yeah. also for a 1300s night, really good teeth. Yeah, really that's good. Everything where, yeah. kept exactly. really well kept. Everything about him is pristine. Not yeah. what I'd imagine a guy. Oh, he's a knight, but he's still living in the 1500s. You know, it makes me laugh. Like when you get so like adaptations now of things like Robin Hood and stuff like that. And sometimes it's a bit hard to buy in certain things. Like, oh, would like a guy have a fade, you know, haircut and stuff like that. So sometimes they're still like, oh, well, it's just a short hairstyle and stuff. But you know when you look at things like Game of Thrones and it's like most people have like long hair and things like that. And um, yeah, it did make me laugh that then he had this kind of like trimmed, you know, like very sort of like cleanly shaven, but then like a bit of, you know, like trimmed hair on his like lip, etc. And I'm like, I'm not buying that you're a knight in that sense. Yeah, he's got a bit of a longer hair, but to me, it just seemed like more like, especially because it's an American film, it just comes across as like, oh, the royal from like some land has come over and he's just alien to the country because of that because he's posh and he wasn't speaking like a knight or from medieval times he was just speaking posh and it just seemed like everything he was confused by was just american stuff not so much like modern day stuff so even when he's like fascinated by the car and he's like oh this magic box and stuff whereas like you said he should be just baffled by everything and I'm not sure if you guys ever saw this film, but it's a remake of a French film called like The Visitors, essentially, which I think is like La Visiteur, which is like its original language. Yeah, I think they the American remake they did of it was Just Visiting, and it was the same uh, two guys that did the original French film. That film was like one of those that came out during like, yeah, like early noughties. So it was one of those you saw pick up on DVD. Oh, this looks fun. 
And um, yeah, I remember watching that film and it's very silly, but in some ways they kind of do the like knights coming to modern day better than this because they are like actually just so flummoxed by stuff. It's very much a more slapstick, silly comedy in that one. And they literally do, they have like Merlin and stuff like that. So it gets very stupid, but they have things like they take a bath and like one of the knights literally just takes a bot like a big ball of chanel and just pours it all over him and like the boyfriend of like the woman that they're staying with is like what are you doing that's chanel and he's like oh yes it's lovely like you know like water for the bath and stuff and like there's moments in which they like drink from the toilet and like ming and things like that but it is the type of stuff in which like comparison to this you're like they are at least so baffled by stuff Similar to, I think, was it Enchanted, the Disney film, where, like, the prince is there, like, stabbing a bus and stuff like that. Whereas this, it made me laugh. You mentioned, Luke, the hospital scene. It just seemed to me like he was just having a great time. He came out and he's there on his wheelchair and he's like, I'm here in the hospital. And I was like, you're on, like, a chair with wheel... Well, I guess they might have had wheelchairs back then, but he sh- he should have just been so baffled by that place. He should have, like Thor, he should have been freaking out. He should have been running for the hills, not just kind of like, oh, how intriguing. <laughs> He's, yeah, he seems quite casual, doesn't he? Maybe that's the kind of like relaxed attitude you need to be a knight to face danger. Like you know, he's fought dragons and you know climbed princesses' hairs, and I've no idea what knights did back in the day, crusade stuff. But yeah, maybe that just seemed an adventure to him. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was although it was inoffensive, uh, and it was it wasn't a, it wasn't a film. I admit I would have chosen to watch unless I was doing a podcast on it with you folks. Same, don't worry. I did actually did actually enjoy it to an extent, but only because I don't think I could have even fathomed anything that was just a notch above that. Yeah, it wasn't like actively terrible, sort of bad. It's not to the levels of like the room enjoyable of like, it's so bad, it's good. But then, like you said, it's just so inoffensive. And I think it is helped by the fact that Vanessa Hudgens is a good actress as well, which is why I feel bad for her for being in these sort of Netflix originals and stuff. Don't, because... she produces the damn things. <laughs> okay. Well, She's one of the producers. You... you look at like Lindsay Lohan or someone like that, who again, like ends up in these kind of films and you think like, okay, that's fair enough. She's not a great actress, but then she has been good in the past, but there are like actors and actresses out there which are in those roles for a reason. Um, but then you get more like people like Nick Cage or sort of Liam Neeson, which just get typecast as something and they're good actors, but they just do it for paycheck gigs. And it's almost like Vanessa Hudgens is an equivalent to those in a sense. And I think during the film, I was like, yeah, she is good. She is doing a good performance here. But it just makes me laugh how much of a like snapback she has in terms of her career. You know, she's, I guess, got the nostalgia of High School Musical for a lot of kids who grew up with those films um but you know she's a good singer in those um but she has appeared in like quite a few you know recent things like tick tick boom uh she was also in bad boys for life <laughs> she was in the sort of live tv version of rent um so you know she's not doing too bad in terms of an actress but i guess this is the stuff that's kind of filling in those uh those kind of career gaps etc so yeah i think i was on board more because of her which is why we kind of were brought to the film uh via live and die that said, she definitely still maintained a bit of what a bit of what Di sort of commented on in Thunderbirds, which is just she smiles at everything. It's very clear that she's just she every single situation, she is just enjoying it. She's nothing is a bit like, what are you doing? It's always a bit like, Oh yeah, you yeah. it's like it's like you are just too happy. And even towards the end, in the in the last fifteen minutes where they decide 
oh shit, this film needs some conflict. Let's now bring in uh, separation anxiety. Uh, she still has like she's she's crying, but she's still smiling throughout a lot of the tears. Also, we we commented on it before the recording, but I think we have to go back to the IMDb de- uh, description where it describes her as disillusioned with love because of one thing she says to one kid to reassure her. I'm like, that's not disillusioned with love. Come on. I guess there's the whole thing with her ex as well. Her ex. Yeah, that comes to nothing. All he does is just walk around the place and. And it's like there's there's nothing with that. He's just there, and he's he's been shout he's been shouted at being called a douche. And he's like, what the what's going on? Like, yeah, because he the the ex cheats had cheated on her, right? And then so we've been told. So we, yeah, so we've been told. But you kind of it kind of leads up to you think there's going to be some kind of confrontation between the knight and him, obviously him, yeah. Sir Cole, I should say, and, and the douche. And they, and nothing ever kind of happens. You think maybe they have a fight or something goes a bit far, or it's just nothing. It's just, oh, he's a dick and that's it. It's funny as well how, yeah, thinking of that, this is the type of film, like said, Luke, in which, again, because it's so inoffensive, in which I can just watch it and be like, okay, I could just imagine scenarios in my head. How could this be better? What could this be in an alternate reality? And now you're just making me think, like, imagine a film in which it is just, like, his viewpoint of the entire thing. Like, he's walking past and they're like, oh, there's that douche. And then you just see the other side of him just, like, crying and, like, that person being like, she was like, she's really harassing me and making things horrible. My life is a living hell. And just seeing, like, basically a film in which just a knight is roaming around in the background where this man's life has been terrorized what you're you're saying david is you want the wicked treatment for this that's yeah that's what i was thinking um there's and i think we were saying about vanessa hudgens a lot of the lines that she has in this makes me laugh and again it's the cheesiness of the script but also her performance and i don't know if you guys felt like this as well because i know that the you know cinematic universe as we've said is is an element here and i guess the fact that she produces these films they're netflix originals there is some connectivity, as we will get on to, I will talk about that, um, between some of these films. And I guess that also adds to like why there's this following and people like it. And it's a kind of comfort film, like you said, Luke, the element of like, oh, you know, I know why I'm in for and it's adding to the story or it's similar to this film. Because um, there's literally times in which other films in this universe appear on television and stuff like that. But yeah, I felt almost like, especially at the start of the film, I was like, wait, is this a sequel? And I'm like looking up and I'm like, no, it just says like original film. I felt like I missed out like a part, like even from the get-go at the start, she was like, oh, well, my ex and just the way they're talking about it, it just seemed like they were constantly talking about it as in like there was a previous story. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like another film in which they're kind of like introducing you to the fact that she's been like in a bad relationship. They almost mention it as if you knew. And I'm like, did I miss something? Because it's just the entire film just has a vibe of like a sequel. And like, yeah, you know who this woman is. You you know you know the Vanessa Hudgens usual character type. And I'm like, do I? What, what what did I miss here? I just felt like we really dropped into the story in her life. And they were like, yep, this is it. Accept it. And you're like, okay. <laughs> just, yeah. Like, yeah, you think it, maybe that's how... I don't wanna, I don't want to like rate this film too much but maybe that's how bad this film is that it's so bad that its first go feels like a sequel you know what i mean like maybe that's just a part of it and it's it's I, like i i was sat there and it, it was almost like it was it was because i didn't want to sleep i wanted to be awake and doing something and i was eating bread and i just wanted lights to hit my face that were changing on the screen that was how this film felt to me it, it if was you just... were eating if you're eating bread, did you find the magic bean? 
<laughs> it was it was plain bread. It was I'm sorry, a little uh, bit of butter. So eating food that people, ironically, in the 1300s, are probably they had probably eating nicer food than it was at that moment. And I was sat there, and I just wanted stimulus on my on my retina. That's all this film did was keep me awake. If That's you it. found if you found a bean, you probably would have been freaked out in terms of like getting yeah like <laughs> delirious with sickness, but. That that's actually one of my moments again of thinking like alt- alternate versions of this film, and it kind of almost happened. I kind of again liked Vanessa Hudgens's performance here because, like you guys guys have said, I think there is elements to enjoy. And one of the things I thought in my head is when she, he's obviously gone, she's upset, and then she's eating that bread, and then she finds the bean, and she's like magic bean, and like the way she performed it, it almost seemed as if she was gonna go magic. F- bean and like throw it on the floor and just be like tearing the place up like you bastards like life throwing it just this like reminder i i would have loved that yeah you're right there is the way she looks at the beans is like i swear to god <laughs> but one of the other so cheesy two cheesy moments i wrote down which again kind of give me a chuckle but also made me roll my eyes one is just the whole i must return home for my brother's night in ceremony which is just such a non like you know urgent thing it's not like i've got a wedding it's not like i need to save my kingdom from the dragon or anything it's not like other films in which they're literally like in the middle of the battle or something or something terrible is about to happen they're like i need to get back for this even a wedding as cheesy as it is has some form of urgency but just like a ceremony it almost seemed to me like he was just being like oh i need to get back for my horse's name in ceremony or something yeah. like that just something so mundane and it's just the fact that once he says i need to get back for my uh, brother's night in ceremony that then vanessa hudgens replies like tearfully it's the knight's code <laughs> and i was like is it (laughs) yeah where is that listed like you know like the rules of being a knight always be very like well you know mannered and attending ceremonies and events you know (laughs) i just love his timing of it as well it's basically they have their first kiss and then the very first thing he does after it is just like it's like i must go now and it's like yeah dude what a better way to be like lol i scored i got what i want bye yeah uh the other cheesy line i noted down was just again such a like eye roll hallmark christmas movie thing is like when the kids are under the tree and they're like oh look the tree and like it's got presents and he's like but what's the best thing you can get under a tree and they're like love and i was just like oh, oh god yeah, yeah. kid was acting it so he's like the role of, it, of, it, of his of his i bet his parents are really proud he got that gig as well they were like you know they're the premiere waiting for to say that Oh, and also, Often. no one even notices. Like, no one even says, I may, you know, I, I think this is something seriously wrong here. Like, you think you're actually from the 1500s. Let's, we need to see something about this. this. This can't go on. Not one person does that. They all go, oh, it's a bit weird. And that's it. It's like, what? Oh, he'll get over it eventually. It's like, what if he doesn't? It's a phase. He's in his 30s. Ah, oh, okay. However old he is, I'm not sure. He looks like he's in his 30s. The witch also looks like she's in her 30s too, which is weird. That was one thing that did actually make probably get the biggest laugh out of me is when like he keeps calling her like old crone and stuff like that. And then he says that like that. So there's the Thor thing of being like, oh, yes, this is a great, you know, mead and stuff. And it's kind of like them doing the like another sort of like thing from Thor. But when he literally calls her like old wench and I was like, and they were like, you can't say that. I just kind of loved that as this kind of like equivalent to like modern day lingo of like, we don't say that around here. And the fact that the woman's like, (gasps) (laughs) I just love the fact that they say we don't say that anymore it's like oh okay i'm just like 
If you can grasp it that easily, why can't half the bloody internet? That's the, that's the moments I kept thinking of like what this film could be. And it just made me think, you know what? I want a version of this, which is like a Game of Thrones character, like the Hound comes into this situation like imagine vanessa hudgens and the hound like you know when that kid like when he like tackles him to the ground i just want to see somebody like stab it like stab this kid and they're like oh my god he's like the thief will pay <laughs> you know like blood everywhere or something like oh, that. i thought you just meant that you wanted the kid called like the c word over and over again <laughs> <laughs> oh there should be like a horror movie like an adaptation the night like the nightmare before christmas or something or like the nightmare before christmas <laughs> I think that is a film. <laughs> but by spell with a K, that should be a thing. And it is the hound that's come back. But he's not going to Ohio. He's going to somewhere like an athlete. And from there, I can say that. That would be a film I'd watch. One other note I made was just um, the only bad message, it, well, the main bad message I didn't like was actually the thing with like you know what's under the tree and then like everyone's gathered together and giving you this one gift and that's the purpose of it and he's like i'll pay you back and everyone's like no it's fine because we're rich and we can give you money and i just saw like wrote down this screams of elitist attitudes because <laughs> i just don't like how they're just like we'll just give it all to this one family i'm like what about all the other poor people maybe in the area or other people who need gloves they're just like... no i'm i'm gonna defend it i'm gonna very much defend it based on one thing that uh the knight says because to me i don't think it was a case of specifically just doing it for this poor family i think it was doing it for this poor family who was still trying so hard for the uh for the neighborhood so it was like the neighborhood basically sticking out for him and it it's not implied that they'll do it that they'll do it for him every year it seems like it was just this is a one-off presumably they will do it for others but it's when he's saying like oh i'll i'll pay you all back and uh it's just where he goes it looks to me like you already have so basically showing all of the good sort of messaging and morals so i saw it more as a like keep your spirits up and do basically continue doing the right chivalrous thing um because that's how you improve people's lives so i don't see it as a lol these people are being sanctimonious and just giving away their money it was very much this guy is like pure of heart and deserves a deserves a break so that's what I really liked about the film. So I refuse to have you trash on it. <laughs> True. No, I, I think it is a nice message and it, it show, it's a good sort of evolution for his character. It was just me thinking of like, oh, the easy solutions they come up with with these cheesy films of being like, oh, well, we'll show all these rich people giving like poor people some money. It's just that tired sort of trope. Yeah, but I, I think it adds more to the entire look. These kids want, like the kids constantly talked about, uh, you know, like, mentioning sort of trees or like the gifts and i think it's very clear that what these people were looking for was like a magical experience for christmas and you know obviously going to like santa saying i want a bike not knowing that you wouldn't be able to get a bike so then having that one moment of oh my god i got that bike this feels like a really magical experience to me um i think it's the sort of thing that you know because obviously a lot of it's all easier to get people to be I think generous during Christmas seasons. Um, so I think it is just nice to just be like, look, these people have just suffered enough. Uh, let's yeah. And also, that's just, what I mean. I think I, it's good the the fact that they've gone through a loss as well. So it's not just like, oh, we've picked this random poor yeah. family or something. So it's like, it, there's something's recently happened, which has changed their circumstance. Yeah. But also the fact that the father still goes out of his way to, do, to donate his time 
and like teaches his children the value of giving back even though they don't have anything i think that's what he's basically saying is like look you're still giving so giving so much back we've got to give to you um and that's why also i really love even though it's such a small scene i really love the stuff with the gloves like that girl just being like oh you don't have any gloves just here's mine it's as Luke was saying earlier, those are the sorts of moments of just like, look, there's nothing here that causes any conflict. Even when the mother goes, where are your gloves? Oh, I gave them to the family because she didn't have any. What a good girl. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is nice. I, I need this when I'm having a manic depressive episode at like one o'clock in the morning. I need this. It just felt very nice and pleasant. I I cannot rage. Welsh mothers wouldn't have said, yeah, that's fine. They would have said, you better get him back. <laughs> get him back now boy no my mother wouldn't have said that but yeah i th- i think it does add to the um yeah to the appeal of this film like why people enjoy it and to that that sort of comfort that it gives yeah. them in terms of it's something simple and it has a nice message ultimately all right take those video cassettes rewind them and play them again because it's time for vhs corner So this week, I've asked David to look into the interesting behind-the-scenes of this film. But from what I gather, there doesn't really seem to be any. In the same way that the plot of this film seems to have no conflict, neither does the the behind-the-scenes. So David, what are you actually going to talk to us about this week? So there's a bit of a half-and-half. There's something with some stuff which is kind of behind-the-scenes, add-into-the-universe stuff we were saying earlier. But then another half, which we've talked about some of the inconsistencies in terms of like historical stuff. So I'm just going to give you kind of like the goofs or the like pointing out of historical inaccuracies that people have pointed out, which I think are the most funny and yeah, the most like obvious of like it being modern day and them adapting something from like 1300s, which doesn't doesn't play out quite as it would if it was uh, realistically done. But yeah, first of all, as we said, this is kind of a part of a big cinematic universe of netflix originals and film starring vanessa hudgens so uh to give you the full order of that there's actually the christmas prince christmas inheritance the princess switch a christmas prince a royal wedding the holiday calendar the night before christmas a christmas prince the royal baby holidays in the wild the princess switch switched again this the princess switch romance in the star a castle for christmas and the most recent, Falling for Christmas. My favourite being there that it's the princess switch switched again, which I think then even still has a suggested like sequel, like an added name to it when you look at like the poster. So basically people have pointed out in terms of this being a cinematic universe um, that it gets very convoluted. There's an article I saw which explains it this way, is that in this film you see the um, holiday calendar so when Brooke turns on the TV in the holiday calendar, the holiday calendar plays on screen. And then Sir Cole watches Holiday in the Wild from 2019, both of which are Netflix original films. And then uh, when they're decorating the tree and they're saying, oh, all these like ornaments are like things that our parents collected. Uh, the sister says uh, that this ornament was uh, taken from uh, our parents' trip to Aldovia, which is a reference to the Christmas Prince as that's like the kind of fantasy land that that takes place in so people got very confused as to the kind of like canon lore of this now so uh one writer wrote that uh it gets very convoluted if the holiday calendar is a movie within the night before christmas but a christmas prince is a movie within the holiday calendar because that film is shown people watching in there 
and then the night before Christmas and the Christmas Prince exist in the same realm? Does this just make them all movies within movies? I don't understand it all, but I'm choosing to ignore this continuity error for now. So yeah, very confusing lore by there. Um, but yeah, that that's uh, all I found in terms of like the so behind the scenes, their efforts to connect things. Uh, now on to the kind of... Uh, inconsistencies with uh, historical facts. So he mentions that King Edward III was born in 1312. Uh, he ruled from 1327 until his death in 1377. According to dialogue and basic math, Sir Cole was knighted in 1328 when King Edward was 16 years old. Um, Sir Cole, as we mentioned, also has perfect teeth. Uh, it would have been more likely he would have been missing a few at this age. Uh, he refers to getting an orange for Christmas, but origins were introduced into England until the late 15th century, so there's no way the cull would have received one in the early 14th century. At the beginning, a castle is shown and it has large windows with glass, but anybody knows that glass uh, in windows didn't start to be used until in Venice uh, in the last years of the 1400s, so there's no way they could have been there in 1334 before they were only used oh in churches God. at five minutes 24 minutes in the movie the knight meets an old woman and says hello well actually the word hello was not introduced until 1827 where as the scene is from 1340 uh, 30 so by that time the word hello was not introduced sir cole also when he sees brooke uh, in the red dress he says she looks positively radiant the word radiant was introduced around 1600 so there's no way he would have known that in that period he came from and then this is my favorite one brooke orders two cheeseburgers for her and sir cole but the burgers clearly do not have any cheese on them <laughs> <laughs> and, and that ends <laughs> what i found for vhs corner <laughs> that's such a weird one to finish <laughs> the cheese! but so it's much. true i like when i thought back i was like yeah they didn't have any cheese on them. <laughs> they looked so plain and boring Oh my god. Maybe that was the diner's fault and not the uh directors or continuity. Who's in charge of cheese on burgers on a film set? Uh yeah, it would be the continuity officer. Although to be fair, I'm not sure if you can blame continuity if like whoever brought the burgers in the first place didn't put cheese on them. They're like, how do we look, how could we put continuity for something you haven't given us? The crazy universe stuff, I, I'm that's fascinating. Genuinely, honestly, the fact that there's like almost an MCU amount of movies in that list. Um, although when you read out the MCU, there's a kind of feeling of childhood excitement that is evoked, despite the fact that some of them are just, you know, some of them are copies of each other and they're quite predictable. When you read that list out, I think I started to feel my food poisoning coming back a little bit. I don't um, think there's a, a, a Marvel film called Avengers, the Royal Baby. <laughs> <laughs> and like that food poisoning was bad. It was re I was ill for like 12 days. And I, I think, to be honest, I'm happy for this film to be tucked neatly back in a box it came from, back from, you know, back, I'm back to Marrakesh. I, I mean, look, would I recommend watching it? Maybe. Um, but I, 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 I feel quite, I'm not sure if you feel this way. But you know, people say sometimes you just need to watch a bad movie. Sometimes you need to watch a rubbish film just because of whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah. actually agree with that. I, I, I don't think like we don't do that with. Fair enough with food. With food, sometimes you got to maybe have a rubbish meal because of cost, because of time, because of energy. 
it's as expensive or, or, or it costs the same amount roughly because of the internet now to watch this film as it does to watch Schindler's List or to watch, I don't know, The Great Escape or It's a Wonderful Life. You don't have to watch rubbish stuff. It's the fact you choose to watch it on your own accord, I don't think that's okay. Like, you wouldn't have someone going, oh, they would say the music. Oh, what do you like? Oh, I love Pink Floyd. Oh, but I also like to listen to Jedward now and again. You know, everyone needs a bit of rubbish music in their life. Like, what? Why do rubbish films make people happy? I, I don't understand it. I never will. There's too many... Life is too... Sorry. Life is too precious, and I don't have enough time. I love films, but I don't have enough time to watch them and sit down and enjoy them as much as I do. So when I do watch them, I want to watch one that is good. I don't like the whole thing about watching shit films. But um, yeah, maybe that's something more about my time management than anything else. So this is going in the movie vault, right? <laughs> the equivalent, <laughs> I guess, would be then of not so much the Jedward, but it's like, oh, you know, I love Pink Floyd, but then I also like to hear like a guitar... <laughs> string just strummed like every sort of 30 seconds like for a good three minutes like just being like (laughs) i can't help but feel that audiences who might enjoy this film might have like a massive problematic stance (laughs) like we've been nice to this film pretty much the entire thing and then all of a sudden this just outburst has come from luke in terms of just like schindler's list comparisons (laughs) it's like why do we watch shit things it's like <laughs> I'm know. quite amazed that we've had the mention of Passion of the Christ and Schindler's List in the same episode <laughs> talking about a night before Christmas. But yeah, perfect segue anyway to the movie vault where we uh discuss uh whether this movie deserves a place uh to be remembered for all time. Uh so is does it deserve its fame? Maybe it's been forgotten or maybe it's great, it doesn't quite fit the bill. Based on what Luke just said, I don't think that is the case. But Luke, I'm assuming that you don't think it should go into the movie vault. It should just go back into the box and go to Mar- Marrakesh. I, you know what? I mean, weird. I'm in a two minds here because my partner really likes it and it did actually soothe my food poisoning. And every fibre by my being is saying for it to not go in the. Uh, I I can't I can't I can't do it. I'm really sorry. I can't do it. Uh, can you name me some films that haven't made the vault? Like name me like one or two that haven't made it. Oh, Craig's definitely got some in his head. Oh, shut up. <laughs> but we, can, none I, of the Fifty Shades films made it in when we discussed those. <laughs> if that's the, a barometer. Avatar isn't in the list. Avatar didn't make it in. Avatar didn't make it in. Yeah. Running Man a few weeks ago didn't make Running it in. Running Man. Oh no. Rush, no, it, it Rush Hour didn't make it in. Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I, I can't then. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, it can't happen. It really Love it. Apologies. No, I can't do it. Sorry. No. Craig? For what it's worth, I also say no, not because of any of the uh, of the sudden outburst of emotions that Luke has come up with now. Um, the thing that I didn't get a chance to actually say every time I mentioned this to friends of mine uh, is that the response was basically the same, which was, I love that film but I think the princess switch and the sequels are better. At which point I'm just like, okay, cool. If you're saying that there are better films that sort of encapsulate this feeling of film, then yeah, I have no desire to fight for this to go into the movie vault. Like we've, we've constantly said that this film is just, it's just a vibe. And I don't think that the vibe is strong enough to warrant going in. And the fact that when I've seen pictures of the princess switch, it's like, you know, you got a picture from like the third one. It's obviously 
built up this like two and then three and it's like the fact that Vanessa Hudgens is there like in a royal outfit with a crown and everything then she's just there looking like Vanessa Hudgens like smiling with like a a sweater on and like you know just her hair in like a modern way and then it's just her blonde with like a really like evil looking like outfit and I'm just like that just looks fun that looks like a funny funny time so there definitely is stronger ones in that cinematic universe but also yeah I would just be scared of putting this in it means that you have to put the 11 others from the <laughs> from the cinematic universe in like why this specific one you say that, that you are done... somebody who has policed the entire idea of an entire franchise going in yeah well yes but what i mean is like with this one it's like we've randomly chosen this one whereas like it's not really a specific choice of it being the best as you said with the princess switch so i think people who then love the cinematic universe is like oh if that one's gone in then yes the princess switch must go in and the christmas prince and yeah we're not going down that route so yeah i think we're all agreed not into the movie vault unsurprising but uh yeah no more christmas films now uh until christmas uh we'll see what happens there maybe somebody will recommend us a halloween film who knows based on how things have gone we've got I, our christmas special in very early this year i still think we talk about like screw it if not passion of the christ let's look at jesus christ superstar in december i think that that'll be a, a nice sort of counterbalance we're in the end game now oh, oh, it's so okay end game time Obviously, there are a variety of different routes that I could have gone down with this. Do I want to go down rom-coms? Do I want to go down Christmas? Uh, so I decided to go down this route. Uh, this is a game I like to call Knights of the Ranked Table. Basically, what I've done is I've taken 10 films, all that have the word knight in the title. And when I mean knight, I do mean the K-N-I-G-H-T uh, variant. I've looked at what their scores are on Rotten Tomatoes. And basically, this is just going to be a simple game of higher or lower. Uh, so there are two points per round available. You get one point uh, if you correctly guess higher. And you get another point if you can guess within 5% what the film has scored on Rotten Tomatoes. So if you get 5% either side, you will get the point. And obviously, David, you'll be competing this time to try and score more than a single point. As opposed yeah. to your last end game appearance. Oh, I thought you were just talking about the last time I was against Luke as well. <laughs> Which might have been even less. <laughs> but before we actually get into the game itself, we need to know what it is we'll be playing for. So as per usual, you will have the opportunity to choose the film for the next episode. Will not be Christmas related. Will not be holiday related. Unless maybe Easter, I don't know, we're close enough to that, you could probably get away with it. Or stuff about the King's Coronation. Like, I don't know, I don't I don't care that much, just not Christmas. Um, but all of us have a film suggestion. All of us would be wanting to get our films. All of us would be wanting to get away from Christmas. David, tell us a little bit about your film. So my film, I think, uh, gets away from Christmas and, you know, again, sort of the bland vibes in terms of giving us a comedy it's from 1997 and my link to this film is there carries on the kind of still the theme and storyline of like a fish out of water like a character which has gone to kind of an alien land to where they're from and sort of experience stuff maybe that this film should have done more in which the characters sort of react into elements and things around them in a very sort of like bewildered way and is very like alien to everyone who's around them there's also the connection of the historical aspect of it in that there's a very highly valuable item which has a lot of history in this film interesting interesting indeed luke 
tease us a little bit about what film you would like to put forward. Well, I was initially going to put Rush Hour when I first heard that I was going to be coming on. And then I looked at what films you'd had on and Rush Hour was one of the ones that you had on. So I had to switch it. Um, my link is quite a strange one um, because something, the way in which one of the characters feel in this film I'm going to suggest is how I felt um, in my stomach after watching this movie. So something happens to a character in the film in which I, I'm, I've i chosen mirrors how I actually felt in real life after watching The Night Before Christmas. That's all I'm going to say. Interesting. So... I can't imagine that's a very pleasant experience, so that's going to be interesting. As for my film, my film is from 2012. My film, like David's, is also a comedy. But the link to this film is this. This film was described, uh, so as in The Night Before Christmas was described to be by many friends, as this was going to be a a magical experience, a world-transforming experience. Things would never be the same for me again after watching this film. The film that I've chosen has actually changed somebody's life and has actually made the world better. So I think that's a film that we really need in our lives, a film that has such a transformative effect. It has made an objectively awful person less awful. And I think that's something that we really need right now to discuss on this podcast. But whose film will be chosen? Will it be mine? Will it be David's? Will it be Luke's? Only the winner of the end game will be able to determine that. So, as usual, it's not a case of you win, you instantly choose your film. If you win, you get a choice of the three films in front of you. But, before that, I think we need to actually play the game itself. So, I'll be doing things a bit differently this time. This Usually, I would, I would have the answers in a set order. I don't have that this time. Instead, I've got them all written down and I'm going to be using a random number generator to, to determine... Which order I go in. Let's start then. So the first film is a film called Night Riders, which scored 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. So did the film Knights of Bad Astom score higher or lower than Night Riders? Okay, so I'm just gonna say now, because one of you has actually got the exact percentage wow. correctly. So if that happens, I'm going to I'm going to give two bonus points as opposed to one. So David, do you think it scored higher or lower? I gone for lower. Okay, and Luke. I said lower too. Is it lower than seventy nine percent? It is indeed lower than seventy nine percent. You are both correct. But the question is, what did it score on Rotten Tomatoes? Luke, we'll start with yours. What do you think? What do you think it got? I said 63. David, what did you think? I thought in terms of like, if it is rotten, I thought just under the threshold for fresh. So I thought 54. And the correct answer is 63%. Wow. So it is certifiably fresh, but that's two extra points for Luke. It's your next film. The Dark Knight Rises. Is that higher or lower than Knights of Badastum? And a reminder, the percentage you are deciding if it's higher or lower than that is 63%. 
interesting because it's the sequel to the film that Luke suggested last time. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll start with Luke this time. So did you go higher or lower? I went higher. It's got to be higher than 63. And David? Yeah, I also went higher. Is it higher than 63? Yeah, of course it is. So that's one point again to both of you. But now the percentage. David, what did you go for? Mm, Tricky. And I think Luke might have had the same question because I know that this might often be seen as the weakest of the trilogy or a lot of people disappointed but then i think it is still a case of more critics were happier with it than fans maybe but then critics maybe still had some problems but i think they still would have been happy with the final result of wrapping everything up so i've gone with a kind of fresh very high 83 but not quite the level of dark knight 90s and luke you also had a complicated perspective yeah, I, I was just kind of going down the logic of, like, no matter what film follows The Dark Knight, maybe that's going to skew people's perception. If it was a standalone, I could have maybe seen it in the 80s. I've maybe been a bit strict here, so I've given it the number 71, which I don't know if it's going to be as low as that, but it also wouldn't surprise me. Okay. The exact percentage this film got? 87 so David makes it within the 5% and gets a point. So yes, despite everything that you guys said, still scored very, very high. Yeah, I thought it was an 8 in there, but I was like, how high is this 8? Mm. Your next film is Last Nights. Nights with Ness? Yes, Plural. Last Nights. Wait, stab in the dark, this one. Okay, so yet again, you've both gone for the same answer, which is... Lower. Lower. And you would both be correct. It is indeed lower. But the question is, did either of you get near its percentage? Uh, Luke, what percentage did you go for? My logic with this is that I've not heard of it. So it's not good enough for me to have heard of it, but it's not bad enough for me to have heard of it also if it's a really bad movie. So I went with just a kind of meh 65. You've gone for a meh 65. That's still within the range of fresh according to Rotten Tomatoes scores. So maybe I was a bit off. So David, did you go as high as that? No, I kind of thought, I thought, I didn't know if this was like the last night or something. I was like, oh, sounds like epic. But then it's like last night sounds like comedy or something. So like usually when they perform badly, if it is lower, then you're looking maybe, I didn't go as harsh as like 20s. So I went like 41. The question is, do I, did either of you get within the range? Unfortunately, you didn't. Uh, 16%. Wow, okay, so I should have gone down that road. I almost oh, went like stinker. 19, yeah. Yeah, um, I know nothing of this film again, but it, it did not do well. 16. Right, so your next film. And here we have a pun title. We have Night and Day. Okay, David... So I think I know this film. Is it? It might be something like Cameron Diaz and like Tom Hardy. This either, either there's one which is like Tom Hardy and like Chris Pine or something, and then there's one which is like Aston Kutcher and like Cameron Diaz or something like that, in which they're 
two very opposite secret agents or something like that. So one of those typical kind of comedies. So I'm thinking still has a charismatic enough cast. They wouldn't be below 16. So I've said higher. You've gone for higher. And Luke? I've gone for higher too, only due to the logic that I don't think many films are under 16. I could be wrong, but yeah. And the correct answer is higher. So you both get a point. The question is, percentage-wise, did you get that? Luke? I I tried to nudge it up just a bit um, from 16. So I went to 38 for no other reason that I've not seen it. And I can't imagine it's... After your description, though, um, David, I, I can imagine it's not going to be very high. But 38, let's see. David, what did you go for? I went like the logic you had previously of like just a kind of met 64 in terms of maybe the stars would pull it through, but it could also equally be just like a, a bad 50 or 40. So I was like, I don't know, I'll take a risk on the 60 just to be in the middle. Well, one of you is going to be really frustrated because the correct answer is 52%. Uh, should have gone more in the middle. Unfortunate, yeah. So your next film... And I think it's I think it's uh, appropriate. We've already mentioned this film. Uh, it's somewhat the film that brought us all here. It's The Dark Knight. So this will be f- so pretty sure I already know what one of your answers are going to be. The question is going to be what the percentage is. Yeah, certainly. Um, what what were we trying to beat? What was the previous percentage again? Fifty-two percent. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. I'm just going to write the points next to your names because you both put higher and you're both correct. The question is the percentage. So David has gone for yours. We're just waiting for Luke. Okay. This is, this is going to be an entertaining Mm, one. Oh God. Um, Because I have, because I, in the rules, I said it's if you get within the 5%, but it's also technically who's closer. Uh, David, would you like to say what you put? I put 98. I know I always see it at the top of those, you know, like most highest rated lists. And Luke, what did you put? My finger was just doing that over the 7 and 8. Oh my God. I said, I said 97. Oh. But it was purely because I just, I just, I don't know what it was. Something just pulled me over. Uh, There's no logic to it. I know it's high 90s, but I don't know. Yeah. So this is going to be an interesting one insofar as who is closest basically for david to get the points you needed to be 98 99 or 100 wow for luke to get the point you need it to be anywhere between 97 to 92 crafty the correct answer is 94 oh yeah, 94%. as soon as you went 97 and you said, oh, like the five sales, like, damn it. Because I, I knew it wasn't like 100% or something. And I was like, no, it's yeah. not 99. So the thing is, if you went 100%, you would have lost the 5% margin. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. I didn't think of it in that sense. I thought, oh, well, I'm still within the 5% anyway, because it's like 95. I know it's something possibly 95 to 100, but I would have still been wrong there. It makes you think what, what like, what warrants... Because when you get to the 90s, it's a bit of a weird one. Mm. Like, everything in the 90s is superb. And from there, it's just either chance or or, or just, like, Mm. taste or, or like, you know what I mean? Like, you're playing with just crazy, crazy films. Yeah. Speaking of crazy, crazy films, the next film we have is Knight of Cups. Knight of Cups. 
to be clear, this is all night as in K-N-I-G-H-T. Yeah. For the last yeah. time, David, yes. <laughs> it's just so many of these sound like it should be the other word. That's the point <laughs> of pun titles, David. <laughs> right, you've both gone lower. So again, you are both correct. But it's just the percentages. Oh, wow, you really hate this film. <laughs> it could be a great film about cups. Who knows? Yeah, so, uh, Luke, you've gone... 27. David, you've gone... 10. 10. <laughs> have either of you scored the extra point this round? You have not. Oh. 47%. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Again, I was thinking, do yeah, I not go... not as much of a train wreck as you yeah, were expecting. Like, do I go middle of the road or awful? And I was like, no, with a name like that, it must be awful. Okay, so with three films left to go... The scores are currently David is on seven, but Luke is on nine. Oh. So still very much everything to play for, especially considering we now have, we're on 47%. So very much it could be higher or lower. The next film, Shanghai Nights. Oh, this is going to be tense oh. for the first time this game. Oh, God. You have given different answers for the higher or oh. lower. Luke, you have gone... I was initially questioning whether or not it was a good film. And I've come to the conclusion that I don't think you can always trust what the public thinks is a good film. So I went higher for this one to see what happens. Is this the sequel, though? Or is this which is which? That's what I was trying to figure out. Yeah, I've gone for lower. So you've gone for lower than 47%. Yes. I just thought, I don't know, Owen Wilson did have a, a bad streak of comedies back in his day but the question is did it score higher or lower than 47 percent? and the correct answer is higher oh so that's another point for luke but the question is are you within the five well i can't be luke can't don't be a... i thought you were gonna say you're like, losing oh, don't be a dick the five percent and i was like no i didn't say it. i said is luke yeah. within the all right, anticlimactic now, but you answered 65. The correct answer is 66. Oh. So that's another point for uh, me. Wow. Right, so we've got two films left. So the next film, a popular one that I think people would be expecting for this game, A Knight's Tale. So is it higher or lower than 66%? Yet again, you've gone for diverging answers. So, Luke, you think it is? Lower. You think it is lower than 66. And, David, you think it is? Yeah, it is a tricky one because I thought it could be around the same ballpark or lower. But again, and because often when it's a film like this, which a lot of people love, the critics can disagree or could be like, oh, this film that people love for years you know, later actually wasn't well received at the time. So, but I put my faith in the critics and said higher. And obviously, because of the diverging, it means that only one of you will be in, in range of the bonus points. So I think we'll just get your percentages now. So, David, because you think it is higher, you think it is... 75%. And Luke, because you think it is lower, you think it is... 57%. Oh, rotten. So what I'm going to do is, because I'm going to tell you the percentage... Oh. 59%. Oh, what? That's another no. two points to Luke. God. Damn it. So with one film to go... Um, I'll do it. <laughs> yep. At this point, you're playing for Dignity. 
So the final film that we have is a fi- is a final Batman film. This one we go animated because it's Batman Gotham Knight. Ooh, I've not actually seen this. Is it higher or lower than fifty nine percent? Okay, so you've both gone for higher. Higher. And that is correct. The question is, what's his percentage? Luke. I went for sixty nine. Nice. Uh, David, you have gone for... I almost chosen similar ballpark, but I, I remember this as being one of the better DC animated ones, um, especially because it was come from in terms of source material. So I said 79. I'm going to pain you and say that one of you is in with, within the 5% margin. One of you, however, guessed its actual score in one of your previous answers. So the correct answer is 75. Ooh. So David gets the point there. Yay. Dignity. But literally, <laughs> David, lo- your last answer was 75. Oh, yes. Damn it. So <laughs> in the end, the final scores. David, you end on nine. But the winner with 14 is Luke. Well done. Well done. Congratulations. How do you feel? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. I feel like that some of those were stabs in the dark, um, but I feel I can take this smugness into a new day tomorrow. And all that anger and resentment I had for number one, finishing quite late for my job, uh, and uh, in regards to the film which we discussed. And food poisoning. Melted away. Yeah, so and food yeah, poisoning. it's just been a so long journey, hasn't it? <laughs> I, it's been a hell of a ride. It's been a hell of a ride. I feel like at the end of some kind of reality TV show. Well, you've come to the end of one hell of a ride and now it's time to start another so you have three films in front of us so between mine yours and david's whose film would you like i okay i think that after this ordeal i need a bit of a a pick me up and i so therefore i don't think the film that i've chosen is going to be suitable for how i feel i'm going to go for craig's one because he said that it's a bit heartwarming and nice and it has a bit of a niceness to it, and there's a uh, we all need a bit of a pick me up at this time. So yeah, I'm gonna go with that one. Fantastic! I just wanted a mind pick because I think the actual link behind it is so brilliant. I was so tempted, so, even if I had one, I was like, do I go for Craig's because it is so intriguing? <laughs> okay, preamble here. We all know about Kanye West. We all know about some of the weird sort of tangents oh, he's gone God on recently, sake. and some of the. <laughs> Uh, some of the the bad media spins these had, especially against members of the Jewish community, or should I just say the Jewish community as a whole. Recently on Instagram, he is uh, he's talked about his experience watching a film in which has the wonderful Jewish actor Jonah Hill. And he said that it was upon watching this film with the performance of Jonah Hill that he has come to realize that you shouldn't judge all of an entire race based on some experiences. So the incredibly anti-Semitic Kanye West has claimed to no longer be anti-Semitic because of watching Jonah Hill in the 2012 comedy action film 21 Jump Street. Not so slim shady. What's up, dude? I haven't seen you since high school. Hey, titty twister. Stop, stop. You're good at this, huh? Yeah. Test results, gentlemen. Such bull. You're really good at this. Yeah. Hey, you want to be friends? Yeah, I do. You're ready for a lifetime of being badasses. Oh, I am. 
thought this job would have more car chases than explosions. You're dead. Yours isn't loaded, right? No, that's no fun. What's up, Chief? We got our first bus. You got him! Yes! yes! You forgot to read him his Miranda rights. Do you even know the Miranda rights? <laughs> Look, it obviously starts with, do you have the right to remain an attorney? Do you say you have the right to be an attorney? You do have the right to be an attorney if you want to. We're reviving a canceled undercover program from the 80s. Where do we report to? Down on Jump Street, 21 Jump Street. You are here because you some Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus looking mothers. You will be going in as undercover high school students. You have exceptional muscle tone there, young man. When'd you go through puberty? Like it's seven or something? There's a new synthetic drug at Sagan High. The mission is find a supplier. I think the dealers are the popular kids. We still party. That would be the quickest way to get in with them. Come on, let's go. Don't give nobody no drugs, no alcohol. I promise you we'll be super professional. All I do is party. Ha, ha, ha. 21 Jump Street. <laughs> Bravo. There we go. Bravo. It has literally made the world a better place. <laughs> what more can you ask for? Right, so 21 Jump Street is our next film. So uh, if you want to check that out, then you can go rent it on Apple TV. Uh, you can also... Catch it as a part of a subscription on an Amazon Prime channel, which is MGM. So now that they own all of those films, uh, if you're subscribed over there, you can watch it there, as well as many other rental services like YouTube, Rakuten, Chili, uh, and of course on physical media like Blu-ray, DVD, etc. So yeah, please join along with us in the conversation. Luke, that's one that you can go check out as you, as you pick me up to to have a good time after after this week's film. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we'll have a good time next time talking about Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah. So for any of our listeners who might have you know harbor hatred towards the Jewish community, watch along with us and watch those feelings disappear by the lovable antics of Jonah Hill and, to a lesser degree, uh, Channing Tatum. Why has this become such a theme again? Like last time, like Italian Job, we were bringing up like Ukraine and stuff, and now this time we brought up Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson. We've brought up Schindler's List, and now like Kanye West. Like, what's going on, guys? It's really concerning. But I'm told, but this time there's a solution, <laughs> yes, David. Yeah. I've literally given you the way out. Please don't say the word solution in this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Jesus Christ, David. So 21 Jump Street is our next film. Please go check it out. Uh, Luke, thank you so much for joining us. Very much appreciated as uh, you literally like skydived in right at the end there uh, just to talk all about (laughs) Night Before Christmas. Uh, Where can people catch you? You said some of the projects, well, some of the socials uh, people can see you on and uh, anything else that people will be able to enjoy uh yeah why not my instagram is luke davis presents um and you can catch me there i've started to do some tiktoks recently about mainly history uh, i quite like history so i started doing some content on there which will hopefully uh get me to do some history documentaries one day that's the plan uh, i'm also on tiktok now i i'm not a, a lover of tiktok i know a lot of people hate it but all my videos i create on there are very much kind of information based and i'm also luke davis presents on there uh, and then on twitter i'm also uh luke davis uh, underscore tv um i am so yeah please do follow me and have a look at my stuff if you like almost very anti twitter uh, anti tiktok there in which you're like no i'm not going to dance for your entertainment i'm going to inform and educate you <laughs> <laughs> i sound so smug i'm not like i'm not I, it's just kind of fun facts really from history that i enjoy but it's all it's all a bit of fun really it's, actually i did one video once about 
uh, the samurai and some of the dark stuff they got up to. Maybe that's not one to watch <laughs> at night. It's quite scary. Yeah, well, yeah, go check it out. Thank you once again, Luke, for joining us. And uh, we hope you can join us for a good film in the future after uh, Night Before Christmas. Unfortunately, didn't make its way into the movie vault. We know these films have a lot of fans. So do you disagree? Let us know. And uh, yeah, anything lastly from yourself, Craig? Ho, ho, no. Just no. <laughs> right, okay. Thanks, guys, once again, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Cheerio. To keep up with the latest episodes of Well Good Movies, you can listen to us on all your usual podcast outlets, including Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, and more. Don't forget to follow us, subscribe, and rate us where you can to keep our podcast growing. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at WellGoodMovies to keep up with the latest news and highlights from all our episodes, as well as tell us what movies you want to be discussed in the future. And if all of that isn't enough, you can also find us at our website, freshtakehub.com wellgoodmovies, where you can catch all our episodes along with videos and articles deep diving into the worlds of film and television. So what are you waiting for? Go check out the film we'll be discussing in next time's episode.